0: I'm Amber. And I'm Becca. From cranberries to cows and everything in between, this is Forward Farming. Hey guys, welcome back to Forward Farming. Sorry for the delay in the episode. Uh, happy july 4th or 5th when you guys are listening to this um we had this episode ready to go and then you know technical difficulties we haven't had one of those in a while so we had to had to throw that in there put that on your bingo card for 2023 um but uh anyway we're back we're back and we have a fun guest for you today um, but hope you guys all enjoyed the holiday weekend. Hopefully you were able to relax a little bit and hopefully take a little bit of time off from whatever you are doing to just sit back and relax, and enjoy the finer things in life. Um, we just got back from a day on the lake with my parents and my brother, so that was really fun. So we're all a little sunburnt and crispy, but we're we're doing good. So hopefully you guys are doing the same. Um, thankfully, last night when I was trying to this episode edited for you guys (laughs) i was sitting upstairs after everybody had gone to bed and i was ready to edit and oh Winnie says hi um and then you know i i was looking out the window and i was watching fireworks go off in town and then the wind picked up really hard and stuff was blowing all over the yard and uh before you know it we were getting two inches of rain thankfully i'm i'm not going to complain about that it was a good good rain that we desperately needed so very thankful for that so hopefully you guys are seeing a little precipitation wherever you are at and we're coming out of this drought hopefully soon because it's not fun um anyway i don't want to i don't want to chit chat too much today uh because again we do have a guest her name is jen and she is from happy hills flower farm in cashton wisconsin and i I mentioned this before, but I've been looking high and low for a fresh cut flower farm in Wisconsin. I feel like they're so hard to find and it turns out there was one just about an hour away from me. So I'm really excited to talk to Jen and for you guys to hear about how she got started with her flower farm um, and what she looks for in flowers and all this other fun stuff. I learned a lot from talking to her. So hopefully you guys enjoy today's episode. Um, we're going to be back next week with an episode with Becca talking all about her little piglets. If you've been watching her stories and seeing, uh, her first time, Winnie is just demolishing my microphone. Uh, Becca just had her first, I don't know, litter. Is that what they're called? (laughs) Of piglets. Um, and then after that, we're going to do, um, a little chit chat episode, and then we're going to take a little break for the summer and just enjoy time with our families And Becca's going to be starting her new job. So we're just going to let her kind of do her thing. Let her get settled into her new routine before we come back with new episodes in sometime in August. I don't know. Whenever we feel like it. But we'll keep you guys updated. But anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. And here's Jen. All right, guys. I am very excited to be speaking with our next guest today. I've been searching high and low for a flower farm near me. I've seen these fresh-cut flower farms popping up all over my Instagram, and I was feeling a little bit of FOMO because I could not find anything like this near me. And then one day, I was just scrolling... And here comes Jen from Happy Hills Flower Farm, and she just pops up on my feed, and I see she's only maybe 45 minutes away from me. So I reached out to Jen, and I said, hey, tell me more about your flower farm, and I want to share it with you guys today as well. So thank you, Jen, so much for being here with me today on this beautiful Sunday morning. Um, Welcome, and please tell us about yourself and how you got started with the Happy Hills Flower Farm. Well, thank you so
1: much for inviting me to join you today. I'm really nervous and excited to talk with you about my little farm. Um, I guess it all really started in Holman, Wisconsin. Um, We had a house there in a nice little suburban neighborhood, and um, I just am a huge fan of gardening. I always have been. Even as a little kid, I loved being outside in the vegetable garden, um, among my grandparents' roses next door and all of the things that they had growing over their property. I just was always a fan of the gardening space. So, um, of course, I did that in my various houses that we've lived in in different states throughout the country. And um, so I was in the backyard of our Holman property and gardening and feeling like I was being watched all the time. I'm kind of an (laughs) introvert. So I like my little private space and um, the fencing really doesn't exist here in suburban neighborhoods. There's not a lot of people. It's really pretty open and um, so I'd be out there doing my thing in the backyard and look around and I could see I counted one time there was like seven or eight people houses that could see into my backyard (laughs) and I just felt like I was kind of on a stage or something it felt really uncomfortable I'm like yeah "Ah, I'm not a fan of this so um, my husband and I talked about getting a fence and we got estimates for the fence and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, $20,000 for a privacy, privacy fence. It seems a little ridiculous to me. So um, he had been looking for a hobby, something, he's a workaholic, he works a ton, um, looking for a hobby, some way to kind of unwind. So we kind of talked about recreational property and just all this kind of came to a head and I was like, why don't we look at buying property? Out in the country that we could live on, that would be more private. You know, we wouldn't have people staring into the back of our house all the time. Um, so we did. We instead of doing the fence, we bought a farm. Kind of <laughs> crazy, um, but it's technically it's not really a farm property that we ended up finding. It's more like a recreational property. So we are just under forty acres. And it's off of Highway 33 in between Cashton and Ontario. Um, And it goes from street level. We have a little stream in the corner of our farm. It's a class one trout stream. So that's a lot of fun to have there. Oh, wow. So it goes from there up to Ridgetop, our property. So we got quite a bit of elevation. A lot of hills, hills. which is why I came up with the name Happy Hills. The first time I went there, I just felt such joy. It was so beautiful out there, just green, lush, rolling hills, bluff top. It was just gorgeous, and I loved it. So um, as soon as we toured that property on our, on our four-wheeler, um, we're like, yeah, this is it. It's kind of a hot mess because um, it had been logged within the previous couple years, but we're, I was just, I felt like this is something that we could work on as a hobby and also potentially grow and switch my career into something different, something outdoor based. So we pulled the trigger wow. and bought the farm, <laughs> which kind of sounds weird bought the farm, but um, <laughs> we did. And I made the career change from accounting and a automotive group to fire
0: farming. So um, that is, that's really cool. I'm so, I'm so interested. So for, for those of you that don't really know where Cashton and Ontario is it's in the Driftless region, um, kind of in, in Western Wisconsin. And if you've never been there, it's so completely different from where I'm at. And again, like I'm not that far away but we're in just this flatland area whereas Jen is just in like this beautiful, bluffy rolling hills. It's so different. Like you feel like you're not even in Wisconsin when you're in that region. So I can't even imagine seeing your property right now with all of the flowers starting to bloom. I bet it's just so so pretty. It's just I feel like it's just the perfect little Instagram spot if we're if we're talking about social media. But I'm 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 so, okay, this is so cool. So Flower Farm, Mm -hmm. is this something that you've always wanted to do? I know you said that you were really interested in gardening, but where did you come up with the idea to just make it so expansive and and open it to the public?
1: Yeah, so um, when we bought the property, I was like, I really want to switch careers because uh, my office was in the basement. I was not getting outside as much <laughs> as I wanted to. Um, so I wanted to switch careers. And I thought it would be really cool to use this property to make some money and be able to stay on the farm. So I started doing some research. I looked into um, like vegetable market garden type farming, um, which kind of appealed to me but then I found flower farming <laughs> and I was like, Oh my gosh. So, so beautiful. Um, you can bring people get a lot more joy from flowers than they do from vegetables generally. Speaking. Right, right. <laughs> um, so, and I felt like this would be a really neat place for not only my family to come and spend some time and enjoy, but also potentially bring others to, to the farm to enjoy. So I decided to go the flower route and, um, you know, I had grown flowers before, but not on this scale, of course, and not with such variety. So Instagram was my friend. Um, definitely a lot of website searching. I've taken some online courses to learn, um, not only how to grow, but how to sell, how to run the business, that kind of stuff. So I went through all of that and we started in August of 2020 when we bought the farm within a month, I had set up the business. I started planting my first, um, fall planted like tulips and daffodils and things that fall. Um, and then it just kind of went from there. I started the, uh, the next season selling at the farmer's market in Sparta and we, um, started doing CSAs, flower bouquet subscriptions, and wanted to do pretty much from the beginning, wanted to do a pick cutting garden for people to come pick their own bouquets. Because when my kids were little, I loved the you picks. I was all about mm-hmm. that. We would do strawberry you picks, go to apple orchards, go to Door County and do their pumpkin picking and I just love that. And so did my children. So I wanted a place where people could come spend some time by themselves, couples, children, everyone's welcome to come. And it took a little while to get the permissions since we are so close to a small river creek. Sure. Um, It took some time to get some permissions in place and get that all figured out. But now it's. It's a go and it's starting to bloom right now, but there's still a lot of plants that over the next few weeks before we open, will will be starting to bloom down there in the cutting patch. And we can't wait to have people come visit and pick their own bouquets
0: and just spend some time. I'm so happy that you're doing this just because of your experience with, with your kids. And I feel like, um, kind of being in a real rural area like we're in. It's so hard to find things near near us um that we can include our kids in and get them involved in in agriculture and see things like that. Whereas I feel like when you're in bigger cities, it's more common to find like the you pick um different things. So that's really cool um that you did that based off of your experience with your kids and just remembering how happy that makes you because I'm excited to bring my kid there um and and share that experience with him and just see see life through his eyes in in that sense but um another thing that i that i thought was really unique to you was your flower deliveries I didn't know people did that where um, you, can, you can sign up and order a bouquet of flowers and you'll deliver it to your house within a certain radius. I thought that was so cool. I was just creeping through your website and saw that you did that. And I'm a little bummed that I'm outside of your delivery <laughs> radius, but <laughs> I would love to just call someone and be like, hey, can you drop off some flowers for me today? Um, so I thought that was really cool. How did you come up with that idea? And what do you... What does a typical week look like when you have these deliveries?
1: Yeah, so I came up with the idea basically through social media, seeing what other people do in other areas. And I thought um, there weren't any people that I knew of really close to my area that were doing that. And I wanted a way to provide locally grown flowers to everybody. So I offer really low cost compared to a retail florist. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful flowers for everybody. I I try to um, make my range of delivery wide so that people in even tiny little Ontario population, a hundred or whatever they are, can have access. Most of the time, florists won't go out to these small rural areas. So I wanted to be able to share with them some beautiful, fragrant flowers, because a lot of people, you know, when we get a bouquet of flowers, we, a lot of times we'll stick our nose in them and take a nice big whiff (laughs) and see what they smell like. Mm -hmm. Um, What a lot of people don't know is that 80% of the flowers in our country are imported and they're either bred to remove the scent because mm. that scent actually reduces vase life. So they will Whoa. either do that or and or spray them with a lot of chemicals. And um, once they get to the United States, they have to be fumigated again. So they're, they're sprayed quite a bit. So sticking your nose in a grocery store bouquet is actually not a very good idea. There are so many uh, studies that have been done that have, like, birth defects tied to these chemicals. And I have a friend who worked in a floral shop and would get massive rashes all over her hands and arms from these chemicals. Oh, my gosh. So I try to avoid using any, well, I do avoid using any harmful chemicals. I grow organically and just want to be able to provide flowers that smell and are safe to my community. So I set up my website to include bouquet subscriptions, which are, you know, every week during a certain time period, we're just getting ready to start our summer bouquet subscriptions this week. And they'll get a bouquet every week for six weeks at a low cost and only $5 delivery, um, for my weekly bouquets. So I have had really good, um, comments and feedback from that. And it's something I hope to continue and expand in the future.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I had no idea. Wow. I just learned so much in the last two minutes. Um, (laughs) my head's just kind of spinning. So what, what kind of flowers do you plant? Have what you've planted? Is it all things, that you've had experience with before? Or is this something that you just kind of flip through a catalog and say, oh, this looks pretty. This can grow in my zone. I'm going to plant this. Or how are there like markets where you can go and kind of pick things out after you get to look and and smell and, and just look at the flowers? Or how does that work? How did you decide what flowers to plant?
1: A lot of what I decided to grow was based on what I saw around me. So in our area, we have perfect, the perfect climate for growing peonies. And we just got done with peony season and I drive around town and see everyone with these gorgeous blooms. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually grew up in the desert. I'm originally from Arizona. Peonies are not something that I was raised with. So once I had moved away and got to live these places in these places with gorgeous peonies, I was like, okay, I have to grow that. So we have um, close to 300 peonies on our farm now, and I hope to be able to expand every year for the next few years. So that's something um, that I definitely made a priority for our farm. Um, A lot of it is, yeah, just looking around me and seeing what grows well in our area uh, I want to get some lilacs planted because those are yes gorgeous, and who does not love lilacs? They smell just honestly heavily yes so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then some other type of perennials that I grow. Um, one of them is baptisia. Baptisia mm. is a native flower. It's kind of like a shrubby type flower that can be used for its flowers and for its foliage. Its foliage is really pretty is kind of reminiscent of eucalyptus. Mm-hmm. So trying to get a bunch of perennials that I can use um, in my bouquets is a huge value saver, you know, with the time and the money. Once you get them established, they provide great value. Um, another thing I do is follow a lot of other flower farmers and get ideas from them on great annuals to plant. So annuals are the big show. Um, Flowers like zinnias and cosmos and celosia and marigold and snapdragons and all those kind of flowers are super great for cut flowers. They're gorgeous, variety of colors, variety of bloom times. So a lot of these I seed start very early in the year, like January, and I'll grow them indoors for several months. I start planning out in March and under plastic because you have to, you have to do that here in Wisconsin.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But
1: yeah, I just get a lot of information from different seed websites, other flower farmers. And I also buy, buy in a lot of, uh, plugs and roots from online wholesalers. So social media is definitely your friend when you are trying to grow cut flowers. <laughs> A lot of good inspiration out there.
0: Yeah, definitely. I oh, so walk me through if I were to go to your farm for to get some cut flowers. What is I don't know if protocol is the right word, but what can you expect when you step onto your farm looking to cut some fresh flowers?
1: So what it's going to be like is you'll come to our parking area and we'll have a pink tent set up and under the tent will be a table and a picnic bench. And at the table, I'll have set up um, water in jars along with snips and instructions and a cash box for those who want to add on additional bouquets and All of the information will be set up for you. It's going to be a self-serve you pick. I will probably be popping in and out throughout the time. But due to me being just one person, (laughs) I've got (laughs) a lot on my plate. And plus, I think it's kind of nice for people to just wander and do their own thing and not feel like they're being watched or monitored the whole time they're trying to enjoy their time there. Right. So, um, you'll come and grab all those things from your station and then you'll go up and down the fields and just pick to your heart's content. There's going to be a variety of focal flowers, fillers, cute tiny little um, wispy things for people to add to their bouquets. Um, They can just take their jar and fill it as much as they want. Then they can go to, Excuse me. Then they can take their bouquet over to the picnic bench and sit down and arrange them if they like. You know, just make it look perfect to take home. And then they'll transfer to their own container, and off they go. There's also going to be um, time in their appointment. So the appointments are ninety minutes. And you can take as much or as little time as you want. If you're in a hurry, you could probably go <laughs> pick a wonderful bouquet in 20 or 30 minutes. But if you want to take more time, you can wander around the area. You can go have a peek in our stream. The UPIC pick is right next to the stream. And you can just sit there and enjoy the view. Um, we also have a lot of flora and fauna there at the farm, of course, especially being as rural as we are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: At the top of our bluff behind us is a nesting pair of baldy eagles, which oh, frequently show up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are so fun to watch. I just, I love them. So they are fun to watch and you can hear them squawking and... <laughs> You know, you can just enjoy that. And we also have Amish neighbors across the way that you can often hear singing and going up and down the road in their buggies. And to me, that's pretty cool because, like I said, I grew up in the desert. I grew up in the Phoenix area (laughs) and there's no Amish there. (laughs) Right. And now you're just
0: smack in the middle of Amish country. So it's a completely different world for you.
1: (laughs) I am. It totally feels like going back, you know, 120 years in time, um, Yeah, but it's, it's fun. They're, they're good neighbors to us. So we, we really enjoy having them there. And yeah, it's just beautiful scenery. The sound of the stream there, just sit down and relax and, and enjoy the time there.
0: Yeah. It sounds also like you be, have- oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> No, I was just going to say, it sounds like you have just like a little slice of heaven where you're at. Um, So you mentioned that you need an appointment to come. Where can people go and make that appointment at?
1: Yes. So they will need to go to our website, which is happyhillsflowerfarm.com. There's a tab for the you pick cutting garden, and then there's a calendar. And they can go down there and view the calendar and look at the available time slots. So we're keeping this really small to only six vehicles at a time. And the reason we're doing that is the area is pretty small, number one. (laughs) Number two, we don't want to um, run the chance of people not being able to have enough flowers to pick. We don't want to be like over, you know, overpicked. We want people to be able to... Kind of have a sense of solitude. You know, I've been to picks before. I went to one in Michigan, a flower farm pick, And they must have had like 40 to 50 people there when I was there. And oh, wow. it just felt a little bit crowded to me. So I want to keep mine more small so people can enjoy. And also the neighbors can enjoy, you know, not have... Mm-hmm a ton of
0: traffic brought to the area at one time so right they and like you mentioned at the that. beginning you said that you felt like so many people were watching you in your backyard and you you wanted to get out here to escape that so i'm glad I'm really glad that you're an introvert too, because I also hate feeling like I'm being watched continuously when I'm out trying to do something like picking strawberries. I'm like, are people watching me? Are they seeing that I'm skipping some? Like, what are they they (laughs) watching me all the time? So I'm glad, (laughs) I'm glad you feel the same way. And I really appreciate that you're trying to keep it small and, and secluded because I feel like if you're back in that area and it just sounds so peaceful, you want to keep that peaceful atmosphere and you don't want just total chaos, you know, in 90 minutes at a time, because that, that doesn't sound like a fun experience for this. It sounds like an introvert's dream. So I'm really excited to go and just, just smell the flowers and hear the screeching bald eagles. That sounds, (laughs) that sounds lovely.
1: (laughs) It is. It's, it's so fun. I really love it there. It is, it is pretty darn peaceful.
0: So what does your five-year plan look like? Are you looking to expand? Are you just kind of waiting to see how this year goes? Um, and, you know, maybe if if it's not up to your expectations or if it's just too overwhelming, just be like, oh, not doing that again. Or are you looking <laughs> to, you know, keep it, keep going, utilize all of your acreage, or are you just kind of content with staying at the size that you're at now? Well,
1: the cutting garden will probably stay pretty close to the same size. Um, it might be expanded a little bit, but not drastically. We don't have a ton of room to grow. Um, so that kind of limits things there. I do hope to get an earlier start next year so that people ideally would be able to come around the beginning of July instead of towards the end where I'm at now. Um, I would like to, as far as the five year plan, I would like to hire some help. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm getting pretty, pretty up there in age. I'm going to be 50 this year and I can't do as much as I could do 20 years ago. Yeah, so it's, it's a lot looking, of work. It is, you know, a lot of, planting the weeds are just crazy harvesting Mm -hmm. selling you know all of it it takes a lot of time so I'm hoping next year to hire at least one part-time person to help Um, other parts of the farm we need to expand on a little bit more I want to grow more woody shrubs and things that will provide interest in the fall such as like different curly willows and berries and things like that, different color foliages. So I have, I have big plans for stuff like that, but not for the u pick cutting area that will just be slightly larger and hopefully earlier in sure. the future.
0: How has this summer been for you? I know we're going through a pretty Pretty rough drought this summer. Has that affected you in any way? It's affected me big time.
1: (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) this drought is kicking my butt. Um, So, in the past couple years that I've been growing, I could probably count on one hand, maybe two hands, the times that I've had to water in a season. Mm -hmm. Very rarely would I have to water. Um, This year, I'm having to water different areas almost every day. Ugh. It's it's a lot of work. We don't have a permanent irrigation system set up here like a, lo- a lot of er- other areas do. A lot of people run um, drip tape on their mm-hmm. beds. And we have not done that because, honestly, I haven't needed to. and still kind of in survival one woman show road i'm trying to prioritize the tasks that i need to do yeah but i think after this year the drip tapes going to be going in because it's it's been really a lot of work to keep everything watered
0: yeah it's it's scary um i think after this last weekend when we got a little bit of rain i think the last rain we had was maybe mother's day so we've had <laughs> what two rains since May and it's yeah. you know, the first part of July. It's uh I d I I can't remember a time where we haven't had rain in this long. So that's that's scary. But I'm glad that you're able to kind of manage at least for a little bit right now and, and hopefully next year with some um if you can find part time help that'll ease your load a little bit because yeah, I mean oh, I, you. <laughs> I can't imagine being in that situation where you run out of water. That would be Heartbreaking, oh, debilitating. No. Um, so, oh, right there now, you are. I
1: lost you. Oh,
0: can you hear me now?
1: Yeah, I can hear you now.
0: Okay. How um, do you have a lot of native pollinators out where you're at? Do you need pollinators? I guess for flowers, because with with the cranberries right now, we're in we're in full bloom, and we bring in honeybees to help us pollinate the cranberry flowers. Is that something that you need? For your flower farm?
1: Uh, we definitely need and welcome all pollinators. Most of our flowers, we actually try to cut before they're fully open so they do not get pollinated. Oh, okay. Because when they are pollinated, it shortens their vase life. But there are some flowers that we do need to have the pollinators there for. So I'm always trying to plant things that will attract pollinators our land when we bought it was virgin land it had been only had cattle ran on it that's that's about it It never been developed wow so um we have a lot of native plants we have also unfortunately have a lot of invasive plants that <laughs> we need to work more on getting rid of but we have a lot of the you know milkweed um mm-hmm bee balm um there's a lot goldenrod all the wildflowers we've got a ton so we are keeping most of our land just virgin so that the pollinators and the the deer and whoever else visits the farm can kind of have their space but we also do um, try to keep some areas down near the cutting garden Natural so people can enjoy the pollinators that come and visit those um, One of my favorite plants is Joe pie weed and it grows down near the cutting garden and it is visited by pollinators a lot as well as the milkweed that's in that area and it's really pretty the re- really pretty flowers on those plants mm-hmm. um, We also just up the road from us have, a ton of honeybee hives that someone has brought in onto their property. So I suspect that the honeybees (laughs) from there visit my farm, which is fine. (laughs) They are totally welcome. We also see a lot of native, teeny tiny little native bees and just all kinds. I'm constantly taking pictures of different insects trying to determine are these good insects? Are they bad? You know? And I'm just amazed with all of the huge variety of insects we get.
0: Yeah. And I guess I don't... it's something that you kind of overlook unless you're actually looking for it. So that's really fun. You're for just, sure. you're just learning all sorts of things while you're out there that you never probably thought you'd, you'd have to learn about what kind of bug is this? Is this, Is this a good worm? Is this a good beetle? I mean, because there's so many that can be harmful for the flowers. So for sure, a learning opportunity.
1: Yeah, and I try not to kill the good stuff because the good stuff helps keep the bad stuff in check. So I don't use any pesticides at all. Um, The only thing I really do is squish (laughs) and also... (laughs) Um, when it's Japanese beetle season, yes. which oh, they kill me, those Japanese beetles are so destructive. So when it's Japanese beetle season, I'll either squish them, but most often I'll take a little cup out with me with some soapy water and flick them into that and oh. they they die that way. I can come out with a huge cup full of like 50 dead yeah. Japanese beetles. It's disgusting.
0: Yeah, my grandma has um, beautiful peony bushes, and she always goes out when we have those rose chafer beetles, and those are just the bane of her existence. And she will go through her peonies, and <laughs> I just watch her, and she just squishes them, and she always throws them on the ground right next to the bush to leave a message for the other beetles that this is what will happen <laughs> to you. So it's always just fun watching her watch squish out. them. Yes, leave a message. She's like the Beetle Mafia mob or something out here. Um, yeah. So one last question for you. Mm-hmm. If, if you could build your dream bouquet to just have in your house or just to look at, what would you put in that bouquet?
1: Oh, that's such a hard question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: well, since we're going into summertime... I'll have to include the summer flowers instead of the spring ones. So, for a summer bouquet, I would definitely have to have lisianthus. That's got to mm-hmm. be one of my favorite summertime flowers. It's not super common. It lasts 2 weeks in the vase. It's beautiful and rose-like looking and so many beautiful shades and different petal shapes. It's just gorgeous. So it would have to have that and dahlias, another one of my favorites. (laughs) Dahlias are so stunning and they come in so many different shapes and sizes from like an inch and a half up to 10 inches and ball shapes and decorative, really flouncy ones. And they're just gorgeous. So for sure, I would have to have those two. And then maybe some of the um, sunflowers that I have blooming right now that are called white light. And they're considered to be a white sunflower, but they're really like a buttery yellow. And they're just really soft and pretty. And they would play well with some of the lighter peachy apricot pastel looking Lysianthus and Dahlias that I have in my mind. So it would have to include those
0: three, I think. Okay. Good, good to know. I'm excited to see those sunflowers. That sounds really pretty. Um, oh
1: so I'm gonna have I gotta talk about my sunflowers for a minute. Yes I am please. so excited. <laughs> so in um, I'll have some some bleh. I will have some sunflowers in the you pick cutting garden the whole time. Most of the time, they will be in bloom right there. If they're not in bloom there, I'll be bringing down buckets to go under the tent for people to also pull from. And I'm going to have planted down there some red sunflowers. They're like a deep, dark red. Oh. Some different autumn-colored sunflowers and green sunflowers. yellow ones with green centers and yellow ones with brown centers and I'll have white ones. I'm just going to have a rainbow, huge variety of beautiful autumn colored sunflowers that I cannot wait for people to see because <laughs> a lot of people have not experienced the wide variety, even plum colored sunflowers.
0: Wow. So I I'm yeah. so excited. I didn't even know that that was a thing. I didn't know there were other colors to sunflowers.
1: Yeah, there are so many different colors. And the the type that I grow, for the most part, are pollenless ones. So they don't shed pollen all over your table and stuff. They're hugely popular. They're the kind that florists will buy for their bouquets. So I'm super excited for people to come snag some of those and enjoy them. They can last a week and a half, two weeks sometimes. Wow. If you care for them
0: properly. So... I'm super excited for the sunflowers. Yeah. You're going to have to make sure to keep your, keep your Instagram up to date because so other people can see this too. Speaking of where can people follow you on social media?
1: Yeah, they can find me at happy Hills flower farm on Instagram and Facebook. I try to do a little more on Facebook for local people. um, But I'm most active on Instagram and especially in the stories So check that out. And I'm going to try to be better at being more up to date with my Instagram postings and share more of what's going on down in the UPIC. Right now, the UPIC has a ton of weeds that I'm working on (laughs) getting under control. Um, And we're almost done planting the second section. So the UPIC is in two sections. One of them's been planted for a while. And then one of them has just been planted in the last week. And we do that so that if the plants on the older side start to kind of peter out, we've got the plants on the other side to pick up. Um, So the month of September, the newer side will be in full bloom and the older side will still have some pumping out, but some of them will be done. in our sunflower area we're going to try to make some little vignettes where we can put down a bench or something for people to sit down and have the beautiful sunflowers as backdrops we really want to encourage people to bring their cameras their personal cameras their cell phones and take some some selfies and some pictures among the flowers because flowers are gorgeous. You need to make sure to share those with everybody and can't wait to see people coming, enjoying, and taking pictures amongst all the flowers.
0: Yeah. It sounds like you, again, just have like your own little slice of heaven down there. And I'm excited for other people to go and experience that for themselves as well. Um, Jen, I'm going to link all of your social media down in our show notes so people can find you a little bit easier. And what is a good... if people want to check out your website, what is your website?
1: The website is happyhillsflowerfarm.com.
0: And again, you and- can if you're a local, go and book your appointments through her website um, and find her her farm location on her website as well. Um, Jen, I want to thank you so much for taking time to be here again with us today. I appreciate all of your knowledge and and all of your information and you bringing such a unique little slice to this side of Wisconsin because again I don't think there are many flower farms near us so thank you for for being where you are and having that uncomfortability in town to find this little this little piece and make it your own i'm excited for people to experience that too so thank you thank you And again, I will link all of your information down below and make sure you go and check Jen out and tell her we said hi.
1: Amber, thank you so much for inviting me to come chat with you. It's been great. And I am so excited to have people out to the farm this summer and share with them some of the more unique
0: varieties and the beauty of the farm. Best of luck to you. And fingers crossed, we get get some rain soon. I'm thinking of you and and everyone else (laughs) going through this drought right now. It's, It's not fun. So best of luck with the upcoming season. Hopefully nothing but success for you guys and it makes you excited for next year. So thank you again, Jen, and thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next week.
1: Thank you, Amber.